Hello, hello. Check 212. Happy 2018 from me to you. This is Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. First broadcast of the 2018 year. We hope you had a very happy and safe New Year's Eve. We got a lot of stuff to cover because there's been a lot that's happened since we recorded last week. Um, There's a lot of football stuff. The regular season's over. We're getting into the NFL playoffs. I really want to talk NFL football right now, but it doesn't really make sense for me, the DJ, to sit here and talk all things NFL football without the professional former football standout here with me, that being K.O. Kasim Osgood. So we're going to talk all things NFL, hopefully tomorrow when he shows up. So for right now, we're going to go NBA Wednesday. That is what we are going to cover I'm going to talk about Isaiah Thomas's return to the court. He made his debut with the Cleveland Cavaliers last night on Tuesday against the Blazers. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss Steph Curry being back with the dubs. We'll discuss James Harden being injured and out for two weeks, at least two weeks. And you know, I've been hearing a lot of people ask the question, what's wrong with the Lakers? Well, you know what? I'm going to answer that question. Let's get to it. Isaiah Thomas makes his return to the court. His debut with his new team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, in a very good first showing. And they collect the win against the Portland Trail Blazers. He plays 19 minutes, shoots 50% from the field, makes three three pointers, gets three dimes, has 17 points. Still a little hobbled by the hip injury. You could see it when he would jog down the court. Seven months removed from the game, and it's his first game with his new team. And he looked like he had been playing. It looked like he was playing with Cleveland last year, the way that they had that thing sewed up against the Portland Trail Blazers. Very good game. And now that we see him back and he's going to get in shape, this is going to be interesting for the Cleveland Cavaliers because they've got a lot of new pieces from the offseason that they brought in. Dwayne Wade, Jeff Green, Crowder, IT. I don't even feel the need to think about them, but you get it. All right. They lost Kyrie. They don't have Richard Jefferson. So it's a different team from the team they had last year. And they have been playing hella good ball the last 25 games. I think they're 20 and five over their last 25. They started out shaky. Now they're doing good. Now they get the point guard that they desperately needed because when it comes to point guard uh, production Cleveland's like at the bottom of the league so they get IT back he's going to work himself back into shape and we will finally get to see what this Cleveland Cavaliers team is all about will they be better now without Kyrie that's going to be the question Isaiah Thomas hasn't been known for playing defense but they've got Crowder they got Jeff Green they've got people to hopefully help disguise the the weaknesses that he has on defense That Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade backcourt that they showed us last night, Tuesday night, against the Portland Trailblazers is going to be something deadly. Dwayne Wade is getting older, but he's still a step up from what they had last year with Darren Williams or Amon Shumpert. This team looks like they have the pieces to really give the Dubs some fits. We'll see if the chemistry kicks in sooner rather than later. And it's going to be a very interesting second half of the basketball season as we approach that right here in 2018. Good for Isaiah Thomas in his first showing. I don't want to say good for the Cavaliers, but at least they're at full strength because then we'll get to see what they do against my team, the Golden State Warriors, who I'm happy to say got Steph Curry back. He was out for about three weeks with a sore right ankle, and he came back. 
and he puts up, you know, 30 plus points in his first game back. But you know that's what he does. That's yeah, that's just what he does. He hits 10 threes, 11 threes, something like that. First game. Just another day at the office for Chef Curry. Dubs are rolling. Dubs, I'm pretty sure, are the number one team when it comes to the NBA power rankings. They don't think they have the best record, but that doesn't matter. The Dubs are getting back to full strength. There was a stretch right now where the Warriors didn't have Curry. They didn't have Jaja Pachulia. They didn't have Draymond. They didn't have Livingston. They were they were pretty battered up. And and our, the young guys, I say our like I play for the Warriors, but the young guys stepped up. They got their minutes. They got some experience. Now everybody's coming back. Draymond's back. Livingston's back. Steph's back. KD was balling that entire time when he had to carry the team. And Clay was doing good at being number two. It was a beautiful thing to watch them perform the way they did with the team being hurt. But all this does is hypes up what everybody is looking forward to seeing. And I'm saying every basketball fan out there. We want to see Cleveland at full strength. We want to see the Dubs at full strength. And we want to see if we're going to get this match round four in the NBA Finals. It's gearing up that way. It's exciting. It's going to be great to see moving forward in 2018. And while we're talking about health, let's go ahead and talk about who everybody thinks is the front runner for the MVP. That's the beard, James Harden in Houston, hurting his hamstring. He's out for at least two weeks. I've already told you guys what I feel about James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Yeah, they got offense for days, but I'm not worried about that team's defense. I'm not worried about that team's coaching. I'm not worried about that team with James Harden being their superstar. You need a superstar that plays D. You need a coach that coaches defense. Once that game slows down in that fourth quarter, in them championship minutes, are they going to be able to get stops? Are they going to be able to get effective offensive possessions? That is a question with that team and any team that's been coached by Dan Tony. So I'm not really worried about Houston. We'll see what they do in his absence. Are they going to go 0-7 or 0-8 while Harden's out? Or are they going to go 7-1? and I mean, they still got Chris Paul, don't they? I mean, they, they're supposed to be a good team. We'll see what they do without Harden. He is responsible for a lot of the points, a lot of the assists. The numbers don't lie. First in points, second in assists. The guy's balling. But I just look at Harden as a guy that puts up scrub points. How much of that shit is, is, is winning? It counts in the game. We saw what he did last year in the playoffs. He was winded and he, he faded out when his team needed him the most. So are you just getting your points and assists in scrub minutes during blowouts when the game don't matter? Or are you being effective in the fourth quarter keeping your team in, either keeping them in contention or giving them the lead? Yeah, I've seen you do it against the Lakers, but the Lakers are scrubs, and the Lakers shouldn't have been hanging with y'all like that. No disrespect, far from ordinary podcast. I'm going to touch on your Lakers in a little bit. I'll pump my brakes on the Lakers right now. But as far as Houston's concerned, what are you going to do without James Harden? This two weeks, at least two weeks, is going to be telling for you guys. Is Dan Tony a good enough coach for you guys to make adjustments to where you guys can still win without your star? The Warriors just did it. You guys got to hang with the Warriors. The Spurs were able to do it when they didn't have Kawhi Leonard for the early part of this season. Will you be able to do it, Houston? We're going to wait to see what happens. How are you going to perform right now? And since I accidentally brought them up while I was talking about the Rockets, you know, I've been listening to a lot of people out there say, what's wrong with the Lakers? What's wrong with the Lakers? And I don't think there's anything wrong with the Lakers. I think the Lakers are right where they're supposed to be considering the roster that they have. 
I know Laker fans don't want to hear that. I kind of think of the Lakers in this situation like the Cowboys of football, where even when the team might not be so great, they can't help but be brought up. Like the people just have to bring up the Dallas Cowboys, even when the record shows that they're really a non-factor. And that's what I think is going on with the Lake Show right now. You guys got the titles, the history. You guys got the mystique. You got magic back in the office. You draft Lonzo Ball. You know, you guys are you guys are in La La Land. I get I get everything about the Lakers. I'm not a hater. But as far as right now, you guys are like what? 12 and 24, 12 and 25. You got a rookie that leads you in points. You got a rookie that's your like main playmaker. So, as far as your record's concerned, you guys are right where you're supposed to be. Now, I'm not calling you guys a scrub team because you do have the potential. You can see the upside that the Lakers have. They they could very easily be trending up with the players they have, the young, the youth that they have. They got a young coach. They've got a young nucleus. If they can get, if, 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 if they can get a good free agent, if they can make a trade and get a veteran or a star like a that, that guy to put them over the edge, the Lakers could be there. But that's a lot of ifs. And you guys are talking about ifs like it's, it's like a, it's a factual thing right now. Like the facts right now are you guys are young. You guys have potential. But you're inexperienced, light in the ass. And you got a lot of rookies that are leading your team. So the 12 and 24 record or whatever it is right now, however many games far below 500 you are, is where you should be. You know, not calling you a trash team, but that's a trash record. I'm just saying. But you guys can trend up. Hopefully you guys make a trade or you get a free agent. Hopefully you don't have to trade too much because you guys do got a young nucleus. But at the end of the day, you guys are right where you need to be. They are who we thought they are. Dennis Green voice, if you guys remember that. Kelly KO brought to you by Anchor. We appreciate you for finding us. It's NBA Wednesday. We'll talk football when KO gets here on Thursday. But for right now, let's stick to the Eastern Conference of the Association. The Celtics put that thing on the Cleveland Cavaliers today, which ties the season series one game apiece. But from what I've seen, Boston is the better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Straight up. That's all I'm saying. They are the better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland's got better players. Of course, they got King James, the best player in the world. Isaiah Thomas just came back yesterday, but he's hurt, and we'll see what happens when he gets his groove. Dwayne Wade's a Hall of Famer. They've got uh, more important names on their team. But the Celtics are the better team. The first game that they played, game one of the regular season, Celtics versus Cavs in Cleveland. Within the first five minutes of the game, Gordon Hayward, their star free agent acquisition, breaks his leg. He's gone for the year. Boston, traumatized from that. Start that game getting their ass whooped. They work their way back into that game. It comes down to a last second shot by Kyrie. He misses. Cleveland wins a close one. Since that game, Cleveland had started out shaky. Boston went on a run. Then Boston didn't necessarily keep that crazy winning streak going, but they haven't fallen off since. Then Cleveland's gotten better. So Cleveland coming into this game on the streak that they have been on, 20 wins in their last 25 games going into Boston. They got spanked. Boston is the better team. I know it's only two games of their series. They've got two more to play in the regular season. They will see each other in the playoffs. But this brings me to the thing that 
has always been out there when it comes to basketball. Does the team with the better play, the best player win, or does the best team win? We have many of um, examples to use from when it works both ways. But let's just talk. Let's just for the sake of keeping it simple, let's apply it to LeBron James because right now he's clearly the best player in the world. Cavs been in the finals the last three years. LeBron's been in the finals the last seven years. So as it pertains to LeBron James, who's the best player and usually surrounds himself with really good players, let's go back and when he goes against teams that might be better teams. It happened in Miami. That first season in Miami, Wade, Bosch, Braun lose to the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks had Dirk, but they were a better team. The better team prevailed that year. And then LeBron goes back to back. They beat the Thunder. Young team at that time. But they got the job done. But then we get to San Antonio. There was a moment, we'll go back early, early LeBron when he loses to the Spurs in the finals. But Cleveland had no business being in the finals at that point. But they've gone against the Spurs three times in the finals. LeBron being going against the Spurs three times in the finals. And he's lost two of them. LeBron's been the best player on the court every time he's been in the NBA Finals, but he loses to the team that is better. So what's going to happen this year is my question. Boston, in my opinion, is the better team. They don't have a superstar on their squad, but they are playing like a better team. I'm going to start calling the Boston Celtics Spurs East because that's what they're doing. They got a, they got a coach that's got his team ready to play for him. They've got a bunch of young guys that play together, unselfish ball, and they play defense. So when LeBron gets to the Eastern Conference playoffs and has to face the Boston Celtics and Styles make fights, will the better team beat the better player? That is what we will have to see. It's hard to bet against the better player in a series. Because at some point you assume that the better player is going to figure out how to break down that team. Because in basketball they say great offense will beat great defense. So they say, you know, on specific plays and all that kind of stuff. If somebody's on fire, there ain't shit you can do about it when it comes to basketball versus football, some other team sports. So what's going to happen Eastern Conference Finals. I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? It's Cal and KO on Anchor. What is going to happen when the better team, the Boston Celtics, goes against the better player and players, resume-wise, in the Cleveland Cavaliers in a series? Anybody can win on any, any given night. Any team can win. But in a series, when you have time to plan and prepare, who's going to come out on top of that? You guys let me know. I got my opinion, but you let me know yours. It's Cal and KO on Anchor. We'll be right back. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, and for the record, I want to make sure that I clarify that I am in no way throwing any shade in any way, shape, or form at Uncle Drew, Mr. Kyrie Irving on the Boston Celtics because I know some people are going to hear how I said that Boston's a better team and they ain't got no superstars. Uncle Drew's a badass superstar. What I was trying to say is that they are more team-oriented than they are superstar-oriented. And the same goes for San Antonio with Mr. Fundamentals, Tim Duncan, Mr. Frenchman, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. Three Hall of Famers. 
that are very well respected superstars in the game but a more team oriented game than they are superstar oriented game and that's what it's going to come down to man that's what it's going to take to beat the dubs the dubs have two of the top five players in the game on one roster and they play the best team ball so it's not just going to take the best player to beat the dubs it's not going to take the best team scheme to beat the dubs you're going to need a little bit of both right now i see team in boston i see player and superstar in cleveland what's gonna give y'all let me know and coming back speaking of the dubs because that's the defending champs dub nation y'all know what it is i have a message for all of the nba teams trying to shark bite on the warrior style of play i'm gonna attempt to try i'm gonna attempt to explain to you why you will not hang with the dubs in a seven game series stick around get your notebook out it's calvin ko Callan KO brought to you by Anchor. Once again, we appreciate you for checking in with us. KO is not here. We will touch on all things NFL football on Thursday and Friday when he gets here. We'll talk playoffs. We'll do 2017 recap. We'll do the whole nine. Make sure you're here for that. I couldn't do it by myself because the DJ doing a NFL show without the 12-year NFL standout three-time pro bowler equals hashtag no credibility it just don't work that way so we're going to keep talking basketball and we're going to wrap this up with me talking about what I said in the last break all of these teams a lot of the teams it's a copycat league and all of these teams are sitting here trying to do what the Warriors do put up points a whole lot of points shoot the three spread the floor but I'm going to tell you teams that are doing what the Warriors do why you will not beat the Warriors in a series. Because you don't play defense. That's it. I've seen the Warriors. I, I guess I should break down my Warriors history. This isn't me just being a homer. But let me put some background on this. Everybody likes to give Mike D'Antoni and the Phoenix Suns all of the credit for the very fast-paced, high-powered offenses that got a lot of possessions on the floor and focused on three-pointers and offense more than they focused on defense before Mike D'Antoni there was Don Nelson he is a top five all-time winningest coach in the NBA with no titles to show for it and the reason for that is because he was in Golden State with the Warriors running a very high-powered fast-paced offense that did not focus on defense that is what the Warriors have been my entirety of on this planet up until these last seven years or so so the the culture of the NBA right now as it is changing let's score as many points as we can but not worry about defense I've seen that my whole life up in the yay with the Warriors and the reason the Warriors now even though they have always had offense are better as a team is because they play defense and the and the person responsible for that is Mark Jackson Mark Jackson came in and coached for the Warriors for three years, and he changed the culture when he went there and had them start playing defense. He implemented a defensive-first system that they understood that if they played defense, they would get better offense. And then Steve Kerr came in and implemented the great offensive scheme to go with the defensive culture that Mark Jackson set up first. That is very critical in all of this, okay? Like, I'm just saying... 
So all of these teams that think that they're just going to be able to outscore the Warriors, we're just going to shoot better threes than the Warriors. We're going to have our big man step out by the three-point line on the pick and pop and make more threes than the Warriors. You may have a hot night. You can do that on any given night. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to a series and you're playing against a team that has defense, will you then be able to play defense to shut them down and keep the game close? I just want to read a couple scores from some of the games that happened tonight on this NBA Wednesday basketball. In my day, I don't want to say in my day, I sound like an old fuck, even though I'm an old fuck. But in the, ni- in the 80s, 90s, even into the early 2000s, if you were a high-powered offense, you were scoring in the high 90s to maybe the low 100s, high-powered offenses. And on defense, you're probably giving up high 80s to the low 90s the good teams if you're a team that was giving up 100 points on offense you were considered absolute trash so i'm just going to read some scores from tonight just some numbers that some of these teams put up 88 98 106 97 103 115 122 98 101 104 111 All of those teams were the losing team. The losing team, on average, just off of what I was saying, is around 100 points. The losing team is over 100 points now. So these winning teams are scoring 107, 110, 115. I understand the game has changed with the three-pointer and all of that stuff, but none of these teams are playing defense. None of them. So that's what separates the Warriors from all of these other teams. They have the offensive efficiency to continue to ball and put up points with anybody else. But they also play defense. When it gets to the fourth quarter, when it gets to championship minutes, are you going to be able to score on them? They're going to do their best to be efficient with the offense. They can slow their offense down. But then they can also slow their they can also step their defense up. Are you following what I'm saying? There are a lot of teams that have a lot of offense, but they don't have defense. There are certain teams that have defense, but they don't have offense. But this is pertaining to all of you teams that are trying to beat the beauty queen, the Golden State Warriors, in a beauty pageant. It ain't gonna happen. Because you guys are missing one very important part, the defense. If you're lucky, you can score with the Warriors. But can you you stop them? What happens when they start stopping you? Can you stop them? I'm going to bet that you can't. That's what makes them so special. They have the perfect balance of efficient offense and defense. The style of play that they run is, I know I sound like a homer when I say this, but if I wasn't a Warriors fan, I would watch the Warriors play because they play the game the right way. Unselfish ball, they pass, they give up good shots for great shots on offense, they can switch on defense, they're all long, they all take pride in their defense. You look at Houston, they've got a guy like Harden that's all about his numbers, but does he stop people on defense? Hell no. Look at all the other superstars in the league, they can put up points, but do they stop people? No, they don't. Do these coaches teach defense like they should? No. So you can put up your points, but what happens when your shot don't fall? Because your shot ain't going to fall all the time. Can you hang with the dubs? I'm telling you this right now. You can't. So what are you going to do, NBA? 
Are you going to continue to be copycat? Are you going to continue to try to beat somebody at their game, which you can't do? Or are you going to do what you do better than they do what they do? Which is why I truly believe after tonight, Boston is the biggest threat for the Golden State Warriors. They are so good on defense that they shut an offense down to their level. And they make that offense that they're shutting down hope to score what the Celtics score. Where all of the other teams are trying to outscore you, they're just taking points off your board. And they do what they do better than a lot of teams do what they do. It will be the Celtics and the Dubs in the NBA Finals. I don't know how people feel about that. But that is what it is. King James reign ends this season. Cal and KO, Anchor, we out. All the earth come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out.